for family time this week, we're getting into relationship skills. So for family time 77, we're talking about relationships and self-advocacy. These can be difficult topics. So we're starting just by having some discussions. And the first thing I want my students to talk about is, by their estimation, what are some characteristics of healthy relationships? That's a pretty broad question. But what are some things that make up healthy relationships? I also want them to consider, what are some characteristics of unhealthy relationships? I also want my students to consider some strategies that might assist with handling unsafe or unhealthy relationships. So when we talk about that, we're talking about relationships. We have a wide variety of relationships in our lives. Our existence is really relationships. We have friendships. We have romantic relationships. We have relationships with our family. And our relationships exist on this broad spectrum. But there are some things that are worth considering in any of our relationships. When we think about what is healthy. People can certainly have varying opinions. For me, I think the best relationships are those relationships that help us be who we are, that allow us to feel comfortable in our own skin, that allow us to present ourselves in the way we want to present ourselves, and at best, help elevate us, help bring the best out of us. And that's from our own perspective, what we really want to see in ourselves that can be romantic relationships, it can be friendships, but I think it's so important to surround ourselves with people who elevate us. On the flip side of that, if we're talking about characteristics of unhealthy relationships, it's those relationships, for me, that drag us down, that hold us back from being who we are, and who we want to be. I see it a lot of times with even my own students. I'll maybe have a student who's very kind, very caring, very sensitive toward others. And I'll sometimes see that student, by my estimation, get a little taken advantage of by others because of that caring, supportive nature. I've come to term people who feed off the kindness of others as emotional vampires. And we have to be aware and we have to beware of the emotional vampires in our lives. Are there people in our lives who are clinging to us for what we're bringing to the table and they're taking our energy, taking our time, taking our effort, 
and we're not maybe getting a lot back from the relationship. That can be a difficult thing. Because I think most of us want to be kind, want to be nurturing, want to be supportive of others. But that can be hard when we're giving of ourselves and we feel like maybe we're not getting a lot in return. That we're always giving and other people are taking. In that respect, it's important for us to advocate for ourselves, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But we also have to understand it's okay to end certain relationships if they're continually, continually unhealthy. I think it's good to be there for people. There are certainly people in my life who I would never give up on, family, friends. And that's a good thing, to have people that we love and care about unconditionally. But we have to understand it's also okay for us to get some distance. To not constantly be the ones feeding the emotional needs of others. We want to be supportive. We want to be helpful. But we do need to take care of ourselves, which has become sort of a cliche, but, but we do. We need to take care of ourselves. It's the adage that isn't mine, but it's the idea of being on an airplane when there's an emergency situation and the oxygen masks drop. We're always told to put our own oxygen mask on before we help those next to us. Because if we're in a negative situation, if we can't breathe, it becomes very difficult to help anyone else. And that can be tough to do. And that leads us to self-advocacy. I want to talk to my students about that this week as well. I want them to think about what self-advocacy is and how they might best advocate for themselves. This is something I think I really had to figure out later in life than I maybe would have liked. If I could go back again, I think I would have focused a little more time on self-advocacy. And understanding that's not that's not a selfish thing. It's not about me, me, me. It's about here's what I need to be the best version of myself to do the things that I want to do to help other people. I really learned a lot about self-advocacy in my late 20s and early 30s. And I've talked about it before, so I don't need to go over it again. But I had a series of fairly serious health problems starting when I was 28 and going to about the age of 32. And aside from some residual effects, I'm very healthy now and feel great and all those sorts of things. But I spent a lot of time going to different doctors, different hospitals, having a lot of different tests, having different surgeries, different procedures, all these sorts of things. And I had some very frustrating moments and frustrating encounters, especially early on in the process. 
because there weren't always a lot of clear answers for what was going on. We'd figure something out, but I wasn't necessarily getting better, and there were other problems. And that's frustrating in that situation because, to me, there's this idea of like, well, you go to the doctor, the doctor knows exactly what it is, there's a clear path to get through this and get better, and there wasn't always. And I would sometimes go for an appointment or a test. And I don't, this was not a fault to the doctors or anyone with whom I was working. I think healthcare workers are often overwhelmed and they see a lot of people and there's not always enough available resources. But there were times where I felt like I was dismissed a little bit. Where it was, well, it's probably this, let's see what happens. And I sometimes felt like I wasn't being heard. That the doctors maybe were not understanding how much I was struggling, how much it was impacting my life. And a large part of that is on me. Because I tend to minimize problems just for myself where I, I kind of get into a mode where I'm like, well, this is, this is existence right now. I try to very much be in the moment and sort of, well, this is my current existence. I'm living that existence. I'm going to keep trying to do things. But then I wasn't maybe clear of like, oh no, this is actually very difficult and this is impacting my life and it's, it's making it Harder for me to be who I would like to be as a, as a father and as a teacher and all those sorts of things. So I really had to learn to be clear and concise about what I was feeling, about how I was being affected, and about my personal commitment to where I wanted to be health-wise. Because that was something, too. Sometimes we would, we would get over maybe one hurdle of the health issues. And then the doctors or whoever I was working with that time would kind of be like, all right, well, then we're done here. And I had to be clear about, well, this is not where I want my health to be yet. Yes, I understand maybe we've taken care of, I had this bacterial infection, for instance. Yeah, okay, the infection is gone, but I'm still not back to the level of health and wellness I would like to be. So we still have work to do here. So that's what I want my students thinking about focusing on this week. Healthy relationships, characteristics of healthy and unhealthy relationships, the different types of relationships we have, and how to advocate for ourselves so that we are getting the most out of our relationships and giving the best of ourselves to our relationships. Much love.